Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 and following says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. And Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of by the Lord, by the prophets, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not, till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Again, I would like to focus on verse 23. Where it says, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted, is God with us. Tonight I'd like to ask a couple of questions. I would like to ask, what does Christmas mean to you? What does Christmas mean to you? For many people, Christmas is a celebration of family or togetherness. Some people, it's an idea of love and peace. And when you really stop and you think about it, for many people, the idea of Christmas is really little more than sentimentality, but that's fine. Or for others, it's nostalgia. You're remembering the way things used to be years ago. And the reality, though, is for many of us, however it used to be, that is not how it is for us now. I want to say this, that nostalgia and sentimentality are good. I'm not knocking that at all. You see, the idea that sentimentality is the idea that we are celebrating what life should be. That's the basis for sentimentality. But it's also the basis for the Christian desire to be with Jesus Christ. The desire to live and experience life as it should be. This is the root of that. And as far as nostalgia goes, it's good for us to have family and friends around us, remembering the good days that we've had before. That's good. I'm not knocking that at all. But please notice, I have not asked, what does the birth of Jesus Christ mean to you? That is not what I'm asking. You see, the birth of Jesus Christ is an historical act. It is something that took place in time and space, and as a result, how I feel about it is irrelevant. How I feel about the coming of Jesus Christ is irrelevant, because the fact is, he has come. And tonight, I want to explore, if I'm not exploring what Christmas means to us, I'm exploring, and I want you to explore with me, what does Emmanuel mean? God with us. What does that mean? Let's look at that. Let's explore that tonight. Let's explore God with us. I'm going to read some more uh, scripture for you, and I'm going to read from the book of John, chapter 1, 
verses 1 through 14. And I do apologize for the lengthiness of the scripture tonight, but I think it's necessary for us to understand where I'm coming from here. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 14 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. This was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten Son of God. Full of grace and truth. This is the Christmas narrative according to the Apostle John. God coming, the word becoming flesh and dwelling among us. John says that this word, that this Lord Jesus Christ, whose birth we are celebrating, is in fact God of very God. Jesus Christ is not merely the Son of God as if somehow that divorced him from who he is. That is our God with us. The Word became flesh. The Creator, the one who said, let there be light and there was light. The one who said, let the sea bring forth living creatures after its kind. This is the one. The one who appeared to Moses in the wilderness. And it says, the word of the Lord came unto Moses. Every time you read in the book of the prophets, whether it be Isaiah, Obadiah, Micah, Zechariah, and the word of the Lord came unto me and said, the book of John told us that that was the Lord Jesus Christ. And this word that came to the prophets of old, this word that came to the men of old, became flesh. And this is what we are celebrating. The fact that this this child, who would be called the son of the highest, you remember what the angel told Mary, this child shall be called the son of the highest. This child is in fact the word made flesh. What does Hebrews chapter 1 verses 1 through 3 say? Hebrews chapter 1 says, God, who in sundry times and in diverse manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty and high. This is what God with us means. 
It means that God himself came to be with us. What did I just read? I read to you that in many different times, in many different ways, God spoke to the Jewish people through the prophets. But in these last days, spoke to them through his son, Jesus Christ. Let me illustrate it like this. And this is really a very flawed illustration. But if any of you have, will ever see my father, I look exactly like my father. You, you almost can't tell us apart except he's a little taller and thinner than I am. I am the spitting image of my father, so to speak. You see, Jesus Christ is more than that, though. He is more than just a look-alike. The book of Hebrews, what I, what I just read, says that God's own son, Jesus Christ, is the exact image of God, the essence and very being of God's person, his nature, and the final true authoritative revelation of who God is. When we talk about Emmanuel, when we talk about God with us, this is what we are talking about. That God himself came and lived among us. The book of 1 John puts it like this. Our eyes have seen, our hands have handled, we have touched the word of life. They touched him. God with us. But the question remains, why? Why did the immortal, invincible, invisible, only wise God come? Why did he come? Why did he come to Mary through the Holy Spirit? Why did the Holy Spirit overshadow Mary? And why does he come to us now? Why does he, through his Holy Spirit, come to each person now? Why did he come? First, he came to die. We need to understand this. Hebrews, again, I just read to you in chapter 1, verse 3, it said, When he had by himself purged our sins... You see, Jesus Christ came as a baby, and we know this, and we love this story. But he did not stay a baby. He grew up, and he became a teacher, and he taught us many deep and powerful and wonderful things. He taught us many things that we need to understand. He taught us many things that we need to trust, we need to obey. But he did not come primarily as a teacher he said, and the disciples heard him say, what shall I say? Shall I say, Father, save me from this hour? When he saw his own death approaching, he said, but for this hour I came. Jesus Christ came. God with us came to do something about our sins. This is the reason for Christmas. This is the reason we have gathered here tonight, is to remember the very fact that God himself loved us so much. He saw the sin in our hearts. He saw the sin in our life. He knows the sin of this world, and he still loves us. And he loves us so much that he was not just willing to let us die and go away, go to hell forever. He himself came and took our sins upon himself, upon that tree. This is God with us. You see, the Bible says that we do not have a high priest that is not able to be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. He knows what's in me, and he does not back away. He knows where I came from. He knows my past. He knows my present, and praise God, he knows my future. And he still loves me, and he is touched with a feeling of my infirmities. 
He is not going to just throw us away. He took the penalty that I deserved. The soul that sins shall die, the Bible tells us. And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. What a thing to talk about on Christmas. What a thing to talk about on Christmas. But that is why he came to die for us. What did John chapter 1 verse 12 say this? It says, but as many as received him. I need to make that clear. The fact that he died for the sins of the world is something that is well established. We know this. But here is the rub. But to as many as received him. I must receive him. I must accept what he has done for me. I must accept what almighty God himself has done in the person of Jesus Christ and the provision that he has made for the reconciliation to my father and his father, to my God and his God, made so by the blood of Jesus Christ. And to as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. And finally... Emmanuel, God with us, means that we have a high priest. And I just quoted this, and I'm going to quote it again. That we have a high priest who is touched with a feeling of our infirmities. He knows us, and he loves us. I cannot overstress that. He knows where you are. He came and lived among us. He knows what we go through. But even more than just a head knowledge, we are told that he went through everything. He was tempted in all manners, yet without sin. Jesus Christ suffered what you and I suffer. He, had, he suffered pain. He suffered thirst. He suffered ridicule. Everything that the human being can experience and does experience, our Lord Jesus Christ experiences. And I want to tell you that Emmanuel means that he is not just knowing this somewhere, but he is actually walking by your side. He is walking by your side tonight. This is what it means, Emmanuel, God with us. He helps us and he draws near to us, to you, to me. And he also said, I will never, never, never leave you nor forsake you. God with us means that Jesus Christ was not kidding when he said, I will never, never, never leave you or forsake you. Oh, but the things that go on in my mind, the things that go on in my heart, he knows that. He is still God with you. But let me tell you this. He loves you too much to let you stay that way. He loves me too much to let me stay this way. Through being with me, he draws me to his side. He creates within me a new heart, a heart of holiness, a heart of separation, a heart of being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ and not to the image of the world. This is what God with us does. This is how he does it by being with us. He gives us a new heart. God with us means that we are transformed by the renewing of our minds from whatever man or woman we were into the man and the woman in Christ Jesus God wants us to be. 
and he will never leave you. He will never get frustrated with you and say, I've had enough of you. Oh, we walk away from him. But he will never walk away from us if we hold on to him. Jesus Christ, our Emmanuel, has promised, Lo, I am with you even unto the end of the age. What does that mean? I am with you even to the end of the age. That means when the heavens and the earth pass away with a great noise and the elements melt with a fervent heat, it means that the Lord your Christ Jesus will still be with you. I would like to say, and I think there's enough older Christians in here who can either back me up or tell me I'm wrong, that it's not just to the end of the ages we now know, but after a trillion ages, as long as this age times a thousand billion, Jesus Christ will still be with us. I am with you forever, Jesus Christ is saying. I am with you beyond existence. I am with you so close. I will never leave you, and I will be with you forever, Jesus says. And this is what Christians are celebrating. This is what Christians are celebrating. Emmanuel doesn't mean God with just a few specially initiated people. That's not what Emmanuel means. Emmanuel does not mean God with everybody except you. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, I will not be with everybody except you till the end of the age. He's saying, come to me, and I will in no wise cast you out. Jesus Christ is saying, draw near to me, and I will draw near to you. Emmanuel does not mean everybody except you. It means God with us. This is what Christians are celebrating the most. This is what we are celebrating the most this time of year. The fact that our God, who loves us so much, who saw the state that we were in, did something about it and does something about it. And this is what we are celebrating. This is what the birth of Jesus Christ means. <laughs>